You're a lot stronger than you realize. There have been more times than I can count that I'm like, I don't even know what I'm doing. I don't. I'm like driving the struggle bus a whole lot. But you just have to remember that you were put in that position for a reason and you can do it. And find a good support system. And if people are negative and they're trying to tell you what to do and how to raise your child, then you just need to learn very quickly. This was something I had to learn that do not apologize for your child. They are who they are because that is how God made them. Just tell people to go on. You don't need that negativity in your life. You can do it. And when you think you can't, just remember that God picked you to do this journey. Welcome to the Daily Naked Parent Podcast, brought to you by Rocco Blue, the first ever brand focused on supporting parents with special needs children. Naked Parent Nation is a group of parents with special needs children who are willing to get vulnerable, strip it all down, and take a look at ourselves, our parenting, our family, and our plans to create a life beyond our wildest dreams. On today's show, we'll be discussing how to get your child to eat healthy when they protest big time. Hello, Naked Parent Nation, and welcome to today's episode of the Naked Parent Podcast. My name is Chad Ratliff, and I'm your host. Before I introduce you to our guest today, let me start by sharing a message from Naked Parent Nation. Naked Parent Nation is a worldwide community of parents and professionals raising children with all kinds of needs. We come together to share our naked truth, support our fellow parents, and inspire the inner growth that each of us needs to build the life and family of our dreams. For the parents that are struggling, we want you to know that we will love you until you can love yourself. For your children, we pray and send power from our collective group. Naked parenting is the process of moving from where you are to where you want to be. Naked parenting understands that the mind is responsible for all of our problems. As you shed the layers of your old programming and beliefs, you will return to the deepest truths of your own being. Do what you've always done and receive the life you're living or create the vision you want for your family. Combine that with an elevated emotion, support from our community, and you can live the life of your dreams and beyond. We have the power to create any kind of life we want for ourselves and our families. We do this by living in the naked present moment one day at a time. This is your first time connecting with us. I hope you feel the love that's here for you. Together, we walk different paths side by side. So as we do, before we get to our conversation, we'll do a little short meditation where you go from being a human being into a lake. So stay tuned. If you want to get comfortable, if you're sitting, Sit up straight with your spine erect. You're welcome to lay down. This is a great meditation to do at the end of the day. If you want to replay it and lay down while you're doing it. And when you get to that comfortable place, let your eyes fall shut. I want you to take a moment and give yourself love for being here. Give yourself love 
for taking this moment when it feels like there are no moments available that makes this moment the most important. Notice your breath, breathing in and breathing out. And then experience your body as a whole, simply being here, breathing. If you're ready, in your mind's eye, that space between your eyebrows, picture the image of a lake, perhaps one that you know well. A lake that you might know from a long time ago or one that you've seen in a photograph. Picture a body of water and see if you can make that picture vivid in your mind's eye. Notice how that body of water is just sitting there. It's being held by the earth. It's being fed perhaps by a spring or a stream. If you watch it carefully, you'll notice that it's always changing, yet it's always itself. It changes as the sun moves across the sky. The light reflects off the water in different ways. It changes depending on the weather, sometimes very calm. Sometimes it might be like glass and reflect everything with pristine precision. Clouds, the birds, trees, the sun, the moon and the stars. There are times that lake is extremely reflective. Other times it's wild and tossed and choppy. Sometimes there's waves. Sometimes the light sparkles off the waves. It changes through the seasons. In the winter, depending on the location, it might be frozen over. Day and night come the seasons. Come and go year after year. It's always changing. But it's always itself. And now see if you can invite that lake to exist within your own body so that your body becomes the lake itself. You can imagine feeling held by the earth and embraced as you sit as yourself, aware of the things in your own mind. Your mind's like the surface of the lake. 
Sometimes it's highly reflective and sometimes it's choppy. Getting in touch with the sense of the entirety of the lake, the full body of water, not only in the surface, but also down below, below the surface. As you sit, experience the fullness of your own being so that even at times when your mind is choppy and upset or reactive or dealing with difficult things, you can drop down beneath the surface of your own mind's waves and, and find that stillness, find that calmness. It's always here for you. It's always available. Each moment, each breath, night after night, year after year. The breath in and out, in and out. Moment to moment, there are changes throughout our body sensations, thoughts, feelings, impulses, sounds. And all the while, like the lake, just simply here, watching the weather and then your mind and your body and allowing the awareness to hold it all moment by moment. And focus on your breath as you inhale, hold it and exhale and let everything that happened before this moment release into the invisible space. And when you're ready, you can allow your eyes to open, come back into the room, transform back into a human being and join us today we have Jamie Cook, who's a single mom. She's an entrepreneur. I can't wait to talk to her more. She's an advocate for natural foods. She is into clean eating. She has three kids, um, a 21-year-old who has a 19-month-old. Congratulations for being a grandma. And she has an 18-year-old and a 14-year-old who we're going to hear more about, who she homeschools. The family sounds very artsy and creative and fun and exciting and wild. And there's highs and lows. And I welcome you to the show, Jamie. Thank you for being here. Well, thank you for having me. Where are you calling in from? Um, I live in a little sub-community in North Alabama. Right on, right on. I got an email from you before the show sharing some of the stuff that's going on in your life. And there's a lot going on in your life right now. It would have been very easy to cancel the show today based on half of what I read. So I thank you for being here. The name of the show came from keeping it real and just kind of experiencing who we are and how we live and helping others not feel so alone or giving them tips and tricks that may help them. Can you tell us, you had two children 
And then you had a third child. When did it start looking different than you had previously experienced? Well, for me, I was actually very lucky because I actually know what caused Parker's autism. Um, He was nine weeks early. He was born at 31 weeks and he had a brain bleed. And it went from a grade one to a grade four. Well, when he was three months old, he was diagnosed with hydrocephalus. And for those that don't know, basically his body produces too much fluid around the brain. And they actually had to put in a shunt that's attached to the brain. And it just, when the pressure gets too much, it pops open and it drains all the excess fluid into his abdomen. So at three months old, we started doing all the therapies we did. We worked with speech. We worked with physical therapy, occupational, music therapy, anything and everything that was out there. We reached out and we got it. And for me, I was my background's medical. So I knew a lot of who to call. And, you know, if I didn't, then somebody else did to get that. And unfortunately, so many people don't have that access. So from three months on, we were doing everything. But Parker was still very much delayed. And he still is today. But I have to think that the the earlier we did stuff, the more it helped him in the long run, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think that's a great point for the listeners that are new on this journey. I hear often that early, the earlier you start, the better for the child while their brain is still developing. When you say that his brain was bleeding, is that a common thing that's happening that happens at child? How does the brain start bleeding or does it just have some kind of, can you explain that a little more? Most preemies, and depending on how early they are, will have a brain bleed. And basically what it is, is your brain is still developing, the blood vessels are still developing, and they're so teeny tiny and fragile that they can just bust open and start bleeding. It's probably one in 200 cases will have... Well, it's probably even more than that. It's probably like one in a couple of thousand cases will have the increase in bleeding like Parker did. And there was little bitty damages to his brain that it developed, but due to the the bleeding and the extra spinal fluid, it just took like little aspects of his brain away. It's kind of like the brain dissolved was how the neurosurgeon explained it to me all those years ago um but it's i mean it can happen with full-term babies but most of the time a preemie is going to have just their brain just starts bleeding just because they were early wow it's hard enough to be a parent especially your third child as a single parent how did it affect you i see parker i spent Well, let's back up a little bit. Aaron and Savannah, which are my two oldest children, were fine. Aaron was two weeks early. Savannah was a month early, but they both, you know, typical births, no issues. Then I got pregnant with Lexi. And we had issues from, like, the very beginning. And she was born at seven months. And she was actually bigger than Parker. 
but she had blood clots. Blood clots went everywhere, and we lost her to a pulmonary embolism. That was in January. I got pregnant with Parker in March of that same year and gave birth to him in December. I think a lot of what happened with Lexi and the damage that it caused my body, you know, we knew from the beginning that I wouldn't be able to carry Parker to term. So, you know, I was in and out of the hospital that whole time. And then Parker was spent 41 days in the NICU. We came home for two weeks and then he's having brain surgery. And I get asked, I do actually get asked that a lot. How did I deal with it? I I can't imagine. You just go on autopilot. I mean, honestly, you just do what has to be done and you think about it later. And I guess, honestly, it's been 14, almost 15 years. And I just do what needs to be done. Was it a hard journey? Yeah. Am I thankful that I actually went through it? And that's a question that I get asked a lot, or people look at me funny. I would do it all over again if I had to. It's a lot of hard work, and you want to give up, but that's your child, and you do what you have to. And it's been like to sit back and look at life at the way he looks at it. It's pretty cool. Wow. So, I mean, it's just basically... You just dig in and go. And, you know, I go into medical mode quite often. I get tickled at his doctor. So like, yeah, she's in nurse mode. She's not in mom mode anymore. And you just kind of go with it. I got the chills. And I want to tell you that I think that it's a testament to who you are, because I don't agree that you just get into mode because my kid's mom hasn't seen the kids in four years because she couldn't get into mode and she got loaded and then couldn't stop using drugs. And so some people aren't able to, to hack the difficulty that this brings hospitals, hormones, third child, special needs. I mean, it sounds impossible. It's a lot. Well, then you add to it. Parker, I mean, because we were so active with his therapies, and I mean, I had people coming to my house five, six times a week. And then when he started to school, we were able to put him in an autism program. But then when I moved, I started homeschooling him. But you could tell there was something off. But being the youngest kid, I mean, he grew up at the ballpark. He was put in all these social situations where he wasn't that awkward, where you see a lot of kids where their parents just, for lack of a better word, just lock them up like they go to school and they come home. They don't go to the grocery store. They don't take them out in public. And I've always been very upfront and been like, if you don't like it, then you can go somewhere else. And I've always had that attitude. A few years ago, we were actually just talking about this because somebody asked me my opinion on a flu shot. And I said, you should hear Parker's story. Four years ago, I gave Parker a flu shot. First and only time I ever did. And it caused a brain infection. And we lived at Children's of Alabama for two years. We were not part. When I say we lived, 
we would come home for like a few days and then go back and live there for months at a time because he wasn't stable enough to come home. And now Parker has a rare type of epilepsy. And at 10, we celebrated his 10 year, 10th birthday with brain surgery. And he had 26 brain surgeries in three months. And like all that work of learning how to walk, talk, eat, drink, swallow, everything, it had to be redone and redone and redone. And we're still doing it. And after that, you know, my whole life switched to where I was home and I homeschool him. And I'm actually doing a summit this week for homeschool and learning so many more amazing things because we don't just sit in the classroom. We go outside and we learn because that's how he learns. You adapt to how they see things. Not It's not how you don't have them adapt to your life. You adapt to their life. And I know a lot of parents can't seem to do that. And it just blows my mind because they're like, well, this is my life. And they just have to know you have to meet them where they are. And you have to do that with any child, but especially a special needs child. Well, your kids are lucky to have such a, a mom like you. Um, can, well, you tell thank us, you. can you tell us um, how Parker's special needs makes him unique? He is the happiest person you will ever meet in your life. He always has a smile on his face, no matter, even when he was in ICU um, we recent last week we were, you know, down at the hospital. We had to have an emergency, a couple of emergency procedures, and Parker was still smiling and happy and joking. And he just looks at life like I want to look at life that way. No matter what happens, he'll be upset for like two minutes and then he's like, Okay, that's over. Then on to let's look at this. And we were at the park yesterday and he goes, Mom. Do you see those trees? Do you see the colors of the leaves? And it's just the way he is like he's seeing it for the first time. It's going to be something he's seen a hundred times. And I just sit back and I'm like, we we live such busy lives that we don't even take the time to stop and look at the leaves and look at the grass and look at the flowers. And he was even commenting on people's cars, their wheels and different things. And I'm like, if everybody would just stop and take a page out of Parker's book and just look and enjoy the moment that you're in. And that's the biggest thing is he lives in the moment. He doesn't think about what's happened in the past. He doesn't think about what happens next. He lives in the moment. And he's like, uh, my whole family is super artsy, but we do a lot of like music therapy and art therapy. And, the stuff that Parker paints, it just blows my mind because what I think it is and what he comes out with is two completely different things. Cool. That's so cool. In the beginning, the preamble to the show, we talk about how the mind is responsible for all of our problems. And I think that that he's showcasing how he's not letting his mind about the past affect his enjoyment of these leaves. And you know, me, I would be so distracted on some financial thing or something stupid that I I would miss it, you know, and that's why I say my son often is my greatest teacher, just like what I learned from Parker right now is one of the greatest lessons I could learn, you know, 
Can you tell us, is there anything that you believe to be true that most parents disagree with? Ah, oh, there's could be a lot of those. I don't mean that's kind of a curveball. Yeah, but um, well, I mean, let them be kids. Let them enjoy life. Don't put the social pressures that you have on them because they have nothing to do with that. And I, I get a lot of grief out of that. And the girl, I, Parker's dad is my second husband. And that is one thing, and it blows people's minds, that we co-parent very well. Awesome. And you you definitely need to if you have a special needs child. I mean, you should for any child, but definitely a special needs. Like we go on vacations together. We go out to eat. We do, you know, a lot of stuff because you want to kind of keep a routine for them. I've got a lot of grief from that. They're like, well, why aren't you still married? Because we didn't get along as a married couple, but we still have to co-parent. Parker didn't ask to be born. So you just have to, that I guess is probably my biggest thing is you need to put what's best for the child first, not what's best for you. And if it inconveniences you, then it inconveniences you. Don't inconvenience your child. Yeah, I think that sounds awesome, what you're doing. So good on you. There's lots of sensory texture things with special needs kids. There's, I had somebody on the show that, their kid only eats Chick-fil-A every day. That's all he'll eat. How do we work with these picky requirements, these sensitivities, and still get our kids to eat healthy? What do we do? What are what are you doing? Yeah, I, I can relate to that. I'll post, and if you know, and I always put, if you know, you know. But Parker ate spinach one day, and like I threw a party. Because that's just not, I mean, yeah, most kids don't, but he has certain chicken fries, certain brands of hot dogs. And I mean, I literally drove to 10 stores finding what he wanted, but we always have a rule in our house. Once a week, you have to try something new. If you don't like it, you don't like it, but you have to try it. One thing that I have learned over the years is. Parker's very texture oriented as most special needs kids are. You figure out what the texture is they like mm. and you can pretty much get them to eat anything. Parker eats about 30 different foods now. At one time, the only thing he would eat would be barbecue potato chips. That's it. Nothing else. Now he's eating fruit. He likes to eat what I'm eating. Basically, he just likes to take it from me. So and I eat very, very healthy. So, like, I'm, I do a anti-inflammatory diet. So, like, I'm very particular. Like, even the beef I eat, I get it from a special farm, from a farm, and I know exactly where it came from. I know where my vegetables come from and things like that. So, I try to eat very clean. And Parker does for the most part, but. You sometimes have to be sneaky. <laughs> and that's just what I've done over the years is I figured out he doesn't like, like he'll eat carrots, but he doesn't want this way they shaped. He wants the ones like this. So I get them. Even down to the type of bread that he wants, it's all about the texture. And you have to trial and error and patience. And my biggest thing was when my kids were younger. I made the mistake of asking God for patience. 
and God gave me Parker <laughs> because I have more patience with him than I do with anybody. I mean, you have to give them the options, but then you have to sometimes make him think it's their idea. If that makes sense, it's they, it has to be on their terms. And as long as you know what their terms are and granted their terms change from we used to the colors of a plate, a cup would cause a meltdown. And over the years, it's, you know, we get along a little bit better when we go to the grocery store. Parker picks out the food that he'll eat and we get home and he says, I don't want that. I said, well, you bought it at the grocery store. You picked it out for you. And we might have this long discussion and sometimes I have to throw the stuff out. But you're giving them that choice. And that has made a huge difference, too. Cool. Yeah, it made me uh, think of uh, somebody said you got to give them choices. So you say you can stay out as late as you want as long as you're home by eight. Just coming up with different ways to to have it be their choice. Did you notice any changes in Parker or is it just that you know that he's getting more nutrients from only was there any changes from changing his diet or well Parker when we were in the hospital we had to put in a feeding tube Parker weighed 37 pounds when we put that feeding tube in three years ago that was actually what the emergency procedure was it disconnected from his stomach and we still have it. We don't use it for feedings. We use it mainly for medication now. When we weighed him at the doctor's office or at the hospital, he weighed 174 pounds. So he is like five, six. Very, he's got more energy. He's gained weight. He is now in the 90th percentile where he wasn't even on the, even on the radar. Wow. That's so. Awesome. Over the years, it's, you know, it's getting better and it's getting better. But you can just tell, like, he never gets sick. Of course, he never got really sick before. He has, like, a super immune system, which makes absolutely no sense to me. But I have no immune system at all, so he didn't get it from me. Uh, But, I mean, I can tell that he asked for food now. He used to not. And I'd have to ask him, I'm like, are you hungry? And we'd have to go through this big thing and I'd have to, and I made him, you know, ask specific what he wanted to where now he asks, he goes to the refrigerator, he's learning to cook. But yeah, I mean, I can tell a difference, not only in appearance, but he, you can tell he feels better. Awesome. That's great. What do you do for you? How do you recharge your battery so you can handle all this? That is a very popular question I get asked, actually. I do a lot of self-care. I do meditation in the morning. I do meditation at night. I journal. I don't have a lot of free time for myself because between work and school and, you know, whatever Parker has got going on that day, and I was building a house and taking care of my mom who passed away last year and you know her biggest thing was you need to take time for you so actually on her birthday I booked a spa day for myself and it was weird because I don't do a lot for myself but I do make sure that you know I eat right I exercise drink plenty of water and my biggest thing is meditate because you you can't pour from an empty cup Mm -hmm. and you have to have 
inner peace or everything in the world goes crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It was a game changer for me, for sure. For the listeners that are out there that have crazy busy lives, I hope they hear from your story that you still have to find however long to recharge your battery, to get that inner calm that you need. I understand why my kid's mom is doing what she's doing. I don't agree with it. I don't like it. I wish she would have done, you know, dug in a little more, but I understand why it's not like it's a surprise uh, or it is a surprise, but it's not like it doesn't make sense. I mean, this is a hard journey we're on. This is, it's crazy. Definitely a lot. Yeah. We do like a, we call it like a lightning round where you give kind of one word to one sentence answers to more questions, just so we can hear more of your thoughts and the way you live. Are you up for it? Sure. All right. What's no wrong answers, by the way. Uh, what's the best advice you have received? Laugh. What kind of course, retreat, or training would you like to see for parents? Meditation. Do you have a top resource or recommendation to share with other parents? Oh, I do, but I can't think of what it is. Um, I actually use an app. Hold on. See if I can find it on my phone. Um, we can come back to it if you want. Yeah, I mean, prayer would probably. I pray a lot. My faith is very, very strong. That's awesome. What's the next thing on your list that you want to add for your individual well-being? Travel more. Well, what's one thing you think would improve your life if you did it or had it besides travel more? Oh, more money, definitely. Um, I mean, I know that sounds horrible, but we I'm pretty happy. I mean, I'm Mike Parker, I'm pretty laid back and I don't know that I'd really change anything. That's awesome. Do you have a favorite product that you use for yourself or your family that you just love and couldn't live without? Yeah, actually, I use Melaleuca products. They're non-toxic cleaning laundry. Um, I do their supplements. They're all natural. They, I mean, their motto is the truth is good enough. So... I mean, they're obviously not hiding anything. If that's what their motto is, you know, they kind of open up the doors. But they're more about the all-natural, healthy approach to life in general. But they're like my go-to. I love that. I love that motto. That's a great motto. Like I said at the beginning of the show, just after hearing your story and reading the email about what you're going through at this time. I'm so grateful that you made the time to share your journey with us. And I got so much inspiration from the strength that you exude from going through what you've gone through and then sitting here and telling us that you wouldn't change anything and you'd do it again. It's a pretty amazing, you're an amazing person. That's all I can say. Oh, well, thank you. For the parents that are out there that don't think they have what it takes, they just got the diagnosis, they're depressed, they don't think they have what it takes to, to do this, what do you say to them in closing? You're a lot stronger than you realize. There have been more times than I can count that I'm like, 
I don't even know what I'm doing. I don't. I'm like driving the struggle bus a whole lot. But you just have to remember that you were put in that position for a reason and you can do it. And find a good support system. And if people are negative and they're trying to tell you what to do and how to raise your child, then you just need to learn very quickly. This was something I had to learn that do not apologize for your child. They are who they are because that is how God made them. Just tell people to go on. You don't need that negativity in your life. You can do it. And when you think you can't, just remember that God picked you to do this journey. Mm. I like that. Jamie, thanks for um, making time for us. Enjoy that little grandbaby of yours. And um, I'd love to stay connected and catch up at a later date and just hear how things are going. That sounds great. Um, Thank you. Like I said, thank you so much for having me on. I am definitely following your podcast and I have actually some new, some friends that are starting new on this journey and they're like, do you have resources? I'm like, oh yeah. So I'm passing your name out. Aw, thank you so much. Yeah. We're building a community to reach parents and support one another. So there's no better spokesperson than you. So if if you're putting your stamp on it, then uh, I'm grateful for that. So thank you. You are so welcome. And uh, send blessings to your family and we will touch base soon. And thank you for the inspiration today. Thank you. And you have a great day. All right. Bye, Jamie. Bye. This concludes our show for today. And I'd like to personally thank you for spending the time with us on a topic near and dear to our hearts. If you'd like to be part of the Naked Parent Nation and help us reach those parents that are struggling and overwhelmed, there's no better way to help than by subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show on iTunes. iTunes highlights the shows based on these metrics, and the more the show gets highlighted, the more opportunities people will have to be introduced to the show where they can hear that message of hope or that tip that can change everything. So follow the link in our show notes And we hope to have you back here tomorrow where we'll do it again. From the team here at the Naked Parent Podcast, we wish you the life you've always dreamed of and then some. So long.